Well, good morning, High Life, and welcome to our service this morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will therefore rejoice and be glad in it. Um, we've been dealing with a subject of, of bringing heaven to earth. It's been a great series. If you've missed any of the sessions, please go back and, um, and go through them, because it's important that we understand that uh, we were made in heaven, by heaven, for heaven, and we're given an earth suit to bring heaven to earth. We are amb ambassadors of Christ and ambassadors of his kingdom, and we need to adjust the way we think. We need to adjust the way we operate uh, so that we can function with the full power of the kingdom that's available to us. Well, we're going to get straight into the word uh, this morning. Uh, before we do that, we'll have a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father, we're so thankful. Uh, that we are connected to you. We're joined together with you and with one another because we are the body of Christ. Uh, you know, in the, in the early creeds, we're called the Holy Catholic Church, the Universal Church. We are one and we've been made to drink of the same spirit. So Holy Spirit uh, that dwells in us, uh, we ask that you give us uh, insights today, light our candles and enlighten our darkness. Help us to see Jesus in a clearer uh, way than ever before. For as we see him, we become like him. Thank you for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, our text this morning is going to be taken from 1 John uh, chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to read two verses of scripture from the Passion Translation. It says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors, defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, there's a lot of fighting language in that verse. It says, every child overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the ones, uh, who are the world conquerors, defeating its power? You're almost forgiven for thinking you are watching a series of, like uh, a movie like Gladiators. You know, you can envision from this language a battlefield with clashing of shields and thrusting of swords and spears and spilling of blood, yeah, contending against opposition. Well, that is exactly the picture that the Apostle Paul or the Apostle John is trying to convey here. It says that uh, every child overcomes the world. You know that word overcomes in the, in the Greek? Is the Greek word uh, nika, uh, and in in in, uh, in classical Greek, nika is commonly found in reference to winning, or the winning or prevailing of military battles, or athletic conquests, or political and social causes. Yeah, uh, it says here uh, that frequently there's an implicit sense of vanquishing the opposition in order to succeed. And in every case, that word does not refer to being victorious without first enduring a struggle. So this is speaking about battle. It's speaking about uh, struggle. It's speaking about vanquishing an enemy. Uh, and John says that to be an overcomer, um, we need to deploy um, a power called faith. So as, as believers, it's important that we understand that we are at war. We are at, we're in a real war. We're in a real conflict. You know, in, a, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, a very popular passage, 
from the Apostle Paul uh, was he says we do not we don't wrestle against flesh and blood the, but, but against principalities and powers you know in the passion translation of Ephesians 6 12 it says that our hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings so we are involved in a conflict in a close contact battle okay uh, and John is saying that in this battle our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world that word world there is the greek word cosmos which speaks about the world system it speaks about the prevalent social cultural financial spiritual order that is inspired and informed and enforced by satan himself it says in order to overcome to vanquish that system we must deploy the victorious power of faith yeah um you know second Corinthians of the four verse four uh, the bible actually says that the the god satan is the god of this world of this world which is ionos the god of this world order uh this order that we are that we are living in is dominated by um, a system that is 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 administered uh, and enforced by satan and his kingdom himself yeah um so that is what we're involved in so when we talk about bringing heaven to earth we're speaking about an incursion a military incursion into an enemy territory yeah a territory that is dominated by a satanic system we're speaking about um, an incursion into an enemy territory where there will be a clash of powers okay uh, there'll be a clash of powers we're speaking about a superior force in this case the ecclesia being an occupying army enforcing the rule of King Jesus that was effected at the cross on a defeated army who are still trying to maintain resistance against him a, 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 a defeated satanic army so for the king's reign to be enforced according to first john 5 4 there must be a deployment of victorious power that triumphs and this power is called faith this power of faith is tangible it is decisive it is superior you know as we talk about bringing heaven to earth we need to understand that his thoughts and his ways are much higher they're very different from our ways and they're much higher than our ways so if we are going to be successful in bringing heaven to earth we need to understand the way heaven sees us and we need to understand how bringing heaven to earth works you know from heaven's perspective we are not an army waiting to be rescued okay we are an occupying army when when heaven thinks about you and i they think about us as ambassadors of the kingdom as an occupying army that have been sent with a mandate and equipment to occupy and enforce the victory of the king okay and and the way heaven sees us as bringing heaven to earth is through the deployment of superior power uh, called faith 
And as we deploy that power, there will be a clash of powers and as will come up as superior. Okay, so conflict is normal um, because we're in a battle. You know, as uh, Paul was speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 8, he says, now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. Janus and Jambres cast their rods uh, in the presence of Pharaoh when, when, when Moses cast his rod to become a serpent. Those rods they cast became serpents. There was a conflict. But Moses' serpent was more venomous and it swallowed up theirs. So we're talking about overcoming faith. We're talking about the deployment of power that vanquishes opposition. But there will be opposition. Okay, there will be opposition because we're in a war. So I've titled um, the, the message this morning, I've titled it Terraforming Faith. Terraforming faith. I, I like the word terraform. It's a word that is derived from, um, you know, science fiction. Um, because when you terraform the, uh, a planet, it means to change the environment of a planet, to make it like your home planet, or at least to make it support life like your home planet. Uh, and in movies I've watched where there was a terraforming by an alien world, um, terraforming required the deployment of extraordinary power to make that occupying uh, planet like their home planet. And we know that this earth is going to be terraformed because the Bible promises that there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And this whole um, old earth and old heaven will be destroyed, will be consumed with fire, and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. But in the meantime, we are an occupying army. And our mandate is to terraform this earth to heaven um, using the power of faith. So terraforming faith is what we're going to be talking about briefly today. Now let us look at, uh, just to set this again and to emphasize this uh, picture of conflict, let us read Matthew 11 um, verse 12 because we must be an army that is not squeamish or afraid about conflict. And that's why the Bible continuously encourages us to be strong and courageous uh, and to advance. Let's go to Matthew 11, 12. Uh, this is a very difficult verse to translate in the English language. Uh, a lot of commentators and a lot of uh, Bible uh, translators have found difficulty with this verse because of the, the great construction. But I'm gonna read it from the New Living Translation and also from the Passion Translation. Uh, verse 12 says, New Living Translation says, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the realm or the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. The Passion says, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Okay, so if you combine those translations, it is speaking about the fact that there is a forceful advance of the kingdom. There's a forceful advance of the kingdom in the midst of violent opposition 
through the deployment of superior power okay it is because of the deployment of superior superior power that the kingdom is advancing it is advancing by force it is not a diplomacy it is not a negotiation it's taking territory it's it's advancing by force in the midst of violent opposition okay um uh, and, and and the the deployment of supreme power okay so that is the context we're in so we're going to speak briefly today about the operation of this superior power called faith uh, that has to be deployed. Um, for a more exhaustive examination of this subject, I've done a series on uh, living the ascendant life of faith, which is on our on our YouTube uh, handle, High Life World, and you can watch the full series. But I'm going to be focusing on some specific areas um, regarding the deployment of this power, which is the only way you and I are going to enforce the victory of Christ in every terrain. Now let's look at Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 is the passage where Jesus took uh, Peter, James and John up a mountain and he was transfigured before them. And when they got down from the mountain, uh, they saw the rest of the disciples uh, having an argument with somebody. And there was a man who had brought his son uh, to be delivered of a demonic spirit. And this demonic spirit, um, you know, um, you know, had held this boy captive since he was very young and he had all kinds of fits and it would throw him in fire, trying to kill him, throw him in water. Um, but for some reason, well, for reasons that will become clear later, the disciples could not deliver this boy. So as Jesus came, they were actually surprised to see Jesus. Um, they knew that he was going to have a solution and the father came to Jesus and told Jesus that, you know, he had tried, he had, he had, his disciples had been unsuccessful. And Jesus asked him a few questions or asked him a question asking how long uh, the boy had been, uh, had been in this situation. And then, you know, after that discourse, the father said to Jesus in verse 22 of Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to read from the Passion. He said, he tries, speaking about the demon, he tries over and over to kill him by throwing him him into the fire or water but please he said speaking to jesus if you are able to do something anything have compassion on us and help us please if you are able to do something anything <clears throat> have compassion on us and help us jesus said to him he said what do you mean if if you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer. This is a very um, unusual response. You said, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. Now, now isn't this a, a good summary of what most of our praying is focused on? We come before the Lord, we ask him for help. Uh, he's a very present help in time of trouble. We say, God, if you can do anything, help me, 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 help me. But, but you see, Jesus's response here was unusual. He said, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer. In other words, you're saying that the issue is not is not God's ability to do or God's willingness to do.
the issue is our positioning and our willingness to believe. Now, if we really embrace this as revelation, it will change a lot of our praying and a lot of our positioning in terms of advancement. Because Jesus is making it clear here that the responsibility, the burden of responsibility is not on God to do. The responsibility is on us to believe. Yeah. Now, now why, why is he saying that? Why is he saying that? Well, he's saying that because of what he has accomplished through the cross. It's no longer about what, what God does for us. In fact, what we experience is not based on what God is willing or able to do, but what we experience is based solely on what we are willing to believe. Now, why did Jesus say it this way? Well, if you look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, I'll read the Passion Translation. I'll read about three verses. Hebrews 1 3 says, speaking about Jesus, he says, the sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact expression of God's power, uh, of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished past tense, he accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. So Jesus has accomplished everything concerning sin. He has accomplished already everything concerning our redemption and he is now seated. He's taken the position of somebody who has done everything that he needs to do for our victory. He has done everything that he needs to do for our victory. If you look at Matthew 16, 19, the Passion again, where speaking to the Ecclesia and giving the Ecclesia's mandate, he says, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom, of heaven's kingdom realm, to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. So Jesus speaking about the Ecclesia in verse 18, he talks about building his legislative assembly. And he says that he will give them the keys of the kingdom. He will give them the keys of the kingdom to forbid um, what is forbidden in heaven and to release what is released in heaven. He will give them the keys of the kingdom. Now, he was using a future tense for something um, that was yet to be accomplished. But now we can look at it as a past tense because he has already accomplished that. Because if you look at uh, Matthew 28, 18, um, it says, Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been, has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. So basically, he has, he has received all authority and he has given that authority to us. So we now have the keys of heaven's kingdom. We now have the authority to permit and the authority to forbid. But unfortunately, we are still waiting on God to do. But like he said to this father, it is no longer up to God to do. God has done what he needs to do. It's now up to us to believe.
If you look at Ephesians 1 3 as well, it says every spiritual blessing, every, every spiritual blessing in, heavenly, in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped in Christ. This is why we celebrate with all our hearts. Now, these are truths that will inform how we engage with Him, will, will educate us on how heaven sees us and how we advance and deploy the power of God in in taking territory it says every spiritual blessing in heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us so if we understood this then we will not be waiting on god to lavish something upon us that we don't have but notice jesus did say if yeah it says if you are able to believe if you are able to believe yeah so there is an if but it is not on his side of the equation. There's a choice to be made, but not on God's side. He has already made his choice. It's like, imagine um, um, heaven, um, there's, a, there's a heaven side of the door and an earth side of the door. God has opened his side of the door, thrown away the key and lavished everything on us. But we have a side of the door we need to open, yeah? And we unlock the door by our believing okay um, we unlock the door by our believing he says if you are able to believe if you are able to believe so for things to happen notice he said all things he says all things are possible all things are possible to the believer you know we often use the phrase the believer as a as a noun you know we ask people are you a believer you know um, and by that we mean have you given your life to Jesus that's not what he's referring to here at all because believe a believer is a verb and it's a is a present continuous tense all things are possible to the person who believes and stays in the realm of believing a person who believes until it happens okay it's a present continuous tense of a verb that is that is being deployed in believing okay all things are possible all things are possible to the believer so for things to happen uh, we need to move into that believing realm to stop things from happening we are the ones that withdraw from the believing realm it's a choice we make that's why i said if you are able to believe all things are possible so for the possibility of god to be revealed in the situation it is not dependent on god at all it is dependent on our position it's like he's knocking on the door and he's waiting for us to open the door okay that's what jesus is saying to this father here we have the keys we determine what we permit and what we refuse to permit by our positioning in faith okay when we believe power is released to enforce its info its fulfillment whenever we choose not to believe we withdraw power from enforcing god's fulfillment in that situation so victory or defeat hinges on what you believe 
on what he believes okay so jesus is encouraging the father and encouraging us to make the shift from if if it may if it may not okay is it god's will no 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 we've established the will of god yeah we establish the will of god from the scriptures the things that he has given us concerning life and godliness once we have established his will we now position ourselves in faith because the realm of faith believing opens up new possibilities to us in the realm of the spirit okay um and that means that you will always discover the way through any situation if you will stand and believe long enough okay because said all things are possible there's a possibility about that situation that will be revealed to you when you stand in that place of faith okay so in every situation you will always discover the way through if you will stand and believe long enough because all things are possible to him to the believer you believe until you see the way you have the opening you experience the victory okay so what does believing look like when we say believing what does it actually look like you know i believe that um, you know moses if you go back to the scriptures moses actually did something very similar to what this father did here in mark 9. you remember when god um, led them out of egypt and he actually led them to camp by the red sea and um, he actually led them there it wasn't a surprise that they were the red sea he led them there and then he hardened pharaoh's heart and and pharaoh thought they were uh, you know when he found out where they were he thought they were um, trapped so he thought okay we're gonna go get them back and um, of course they were all there i mean you know at least three million three million people there um israelites and they didn't you know god hadn't given them or shown them what next they were just camping there and next thing they see is the army of pharaoh um he had all his chariots all his best chariots etc there and we we have exactly the same situation happen the people start complaining and then moses goes to god and begins to ask god for help a little bit like what this father did he said if you are able to help us if there's anything you can do help us help us help us and this was god's response you know jesus is the same yesterday today and forever in the old testament and the new testament if you look at the exodus 14 i'm reading from the new living translation here um, it says then the lord said to moses why are you crying out to me now the way the lord responded here you can see that the Lord is not very pleased. It's a bit like what the Father said. The Father said, if there's anything you can do. The Lord said, why are you crying out to me? And then he gave him a very similar instruction to what Jesus said to the Father when he said, if you're able to believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. Look at what God said to Moses. He said, tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and ride and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Now, he's explaining here what believing actually looks like. Believing is not sitting in your room and folding your arms and waiting for God to do stuff. No. Believing here is, like he said, 
tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water. Yeah. So believing is standing. It is seeing yourself in possession of what you expect. It is peering into his wisdom, expecting his direction, moving forward, using your authority. A posture where you recognize that defeat is not an option. Retreat is not an option. Burning bridges behind you, committed to the goal. Yeah, that's what believing is. Yeah, seeing yourself in possession of what you have desired and not backing down. You know, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he says comes to pass. So have whatever he says. You see, Jesus is in the talking to mountains business. Mountains do not move because you talk to God about them. Mountains move because you speak to the mountain and, and unleash the power that God has given us. Okay? You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, you know, verse 3, and Hebrews is a, is a chapter on faith. In verse 3 it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things that are seen were not made of things that are visible. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now the word worlds there is not speaking about the earth. That's the that's the Greek word ionos, which speaks about ages. Periods of time were framed by the word of God. Yeah. Um, you know, terraforming doesn't happen because you wish it to happen. Terraforming happens only when great power is deployed. And that's why again in Mark eleven twenty three we see that great victories are always the result of great faith. Victory will not happen unless great faith is deployed. So here it says that by faith we understand that the world were framed by the word of God. And then he went on in Hebrews 11 to give a list of men and women um, that created something out of nothing. Because it says we see that the ones were framed by the word of God, so that things that are seen are not made of things that are visible. And, and it wasn't just God that did this. Everybody in Hebrews 11 created something and framed an experience of life based on things that you cannot see. Yeah? Abel offered. Enoch pleased God. Noah built. Abraham obeyed. Sarah received. So ages of time were framed by men and women who believed and through believing they deployed superior power that terraformed time and space to bring heaven into the earth. Now we see from Hebrews 11 that the fuel for faith, the fuel for faith is the word of God. It is only the quality of your engagement with the word of God that will cause you to advance when others cower in fear and will cause you to be full of joy when others weep. The quality of your engagement with the Word. You see, there's a quality of engagement with the Word of God that will make you, will make your heart. There's a quality of engagement with the Word of God that will make your heart a landing strip 
for heaven's power. It's about the quality of engagement with the word. You know, if we look at um, Matthew 14, um, let us look at the incident of, um, of Peter deploying the power of the word. Matthew 14. It's a very interesting passage. This is after, um, you know, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Verse 22 says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening was come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him uh, walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you in the water. The Passion says, he said, Lord, if it is really you, then have me join you on the water. I'll keep reading from the Passion. Verse 29 says, come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? Why would you let doubt win? Now, this is a very common um, um, miracle where Peter actually walked on water. Now, as it states here, before they saw Jesus, they were all very afraid and even when they saw Jesus, they were all very scared. But out of all the disciples, Peter said, Jesus, if this is you, ask me to come. Now, why did Peter ask Jesus? Why did Peter ask to come? Okay. You know, they were all very afraid at this point. And when they saw Jesus, they were even scared because there was a ghost. But when they saw Jesus, clearly, the first thing on their minds was finally we're saved. But out of all the disciples, Peter asked Jesus to come. He wanted to participate in that miracle with Jesus. Why did he ask that? I believe that there was already an inner working of the word in Peter's life that was different from the others. There's an inner working of the word in Peter's life. His spirit was seeking a higher expression of life. His spirit longed to be like Jesus and operate like Jesus. Okay? You see, I believe that. Um, and Peter was the only one that left the boat. He was the only one that engaged with Jesus on that level. Others were just thinking about their safety. But Peter responded to the inner working of the word in his life. Now, I believe that in this time, there's actually going to be a separation. There are people that have engaged with the word to the point where rather than just preserving themselves in this time, their heart is 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 seeking a higher expression. And they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be invited by the Lord. Uh, they're gonna be invited by the Lord to um, to come participate with him um, in a different in a different realm.
and, and when you hear his voice, it is important that you leave the boat. Okay, Peter was the only one that left that boat, that boat of safety, boat, even though it was not very safe. But he, he left the boat and he followed the voice of the king. Okay, and he allowed the word to fuel his heart and determine his actions. In this time, you are going to start hearing things that others may not be hearing, where your previous faithfulness of the word has positioned you to seek a higher participation in what God is doing. At this point, you are going to hear his voice. And it is important to allow that word to fuel your heart and let that word determine your actions. Peter was the only one that stepped out of that boat. What do you think his, the other disciples were thinking when they saw Peter step out of the boat? They were probably thinking how ridiculous Peter is. What's wrong with him? Does he think he's Jesus? But out of all the disciples, Peter was the only one that walked on water because he allowed the word he was hearing to frame his experience of life. Everyone focuses, or a lot of people focus on Peter sinking. No, let us focus on Peter walking on water. Okay? Um, he Yes, when you get into this terrain, there are things that you're going to experience. You're going to learn as you go. You're going to fall on your face. Jesus did not, re he was not rebuked for falling. He was encouraged to stir up his faith so that he could walk on water um, 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 and, and maintain that miraculous life. What is fueling your faith? What is the fuel of your faith? Clearly, it's not economy anymore because if that was an anchor, um, you know, we know that economies are going up and down. What is fueling your faith? What is giving you confidence in this time? The only fuel for our faith can only be uh, the type of engagement we are having with the Word. It cannot just be a cursory glance of Scripture. It cannot just be a, a momentary reading or momentary meditation here and there. It's got to be a fixed heart that is focused and immersed in the Word so that that Word can fuel um, our hearts and become a landing strip for the power of God that needs to be deployed in the face of opposition. You know, end by reading um, Matthew 6, 24. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. And I believe that this is pointing to one of the key things that, that we are going to engage with in this time. You know, in Matthew 6, 24, it says, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. Notice it didn't say you can't worship God and Satan. It said you can't worship God and mammon. I believe that just like we know some of the archangels in the kingdom of God, like Michael Gabriel, one of the archangels in Satan's kingdom is mammon. It's mammon, okay? Mammon controls the economic system and through that economic system controls everything, yeah? The advancing ecclesia is going to bring mammon into subjection. You know, in previous um, uh, decades and centuries of the ecclesia since the resurrection, we have left the economic systems alone. We have left governmental systems alone. And I believe that it wasn't because we withdrew from it. I believe that it was part of I mean, the Lord's priority was to, to establish the foundation of the gospel. 
Um, but now he's unveiling uh, other aspects of himself and he's, he's releasing the ecclesia to engage with mammon um, because in terraforming the earth, the culture, the economic systems must be brought into subjection. And I believe in this day, the advancing ecclesia will bring mammon into subjection to the kingdom of God. The ecclesia will make a forceful advance in the midst of violent opposition through the deployment of superior power. And the systems of the world, particularly economy that controls money, because mammon has controlled most things. It has its tentacles in the church. It has the tentacles in the heart of every in, of most believers. But mammon um, is going to be brought into subjection uh, to the advancing ecclesia, and the wealth of the world is going to be deployed into the hands of the church, and the church will manage it for the liberty of people rather than their bondage. So again, First John five four says that. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So why are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, I believe that the greatest seed that we have in this time is not money. The greatest seed is your faith greatest seed is your faith and if we feed our faith we'll become strong and we'll release power that will cause um, an advance and will cause the enemy uh, to always um, flee from us thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for your participation in this series god bless you